There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respect to elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. So I was talking about having a little bit of a break from social media in that little intro there when I was talking about my hot doctor boyfriend. I don't know if you've heard about him. <laughs> with a really nice dick. Um, <laughs> and I tell you what, fuck, it was good having a week with, you know, an enforced yeah. no phone thing. It was absolute heaven. And I, I guess it's got a lot to do with this next topic that we're about to talk about. I don't know if you guys are across this. You know, there's been two huge events this year uh, socially. And, and of course, one of them is um, COVID-19. And the other one is, is the Black Lives Matter uh, movement that's you know, gaining traction around the world. It's now the biggest movement to ever have happened in the United States as far as feet on the ground, protests and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But the downside of that, of course, is that it's been spinning a lot of hate speech on social media. Oh um, my God. And of course, the big amount of stuff, yeah. It's just, it's horrific. Like, and we're seeing, you know, everyone's got that aunt or that fuckhead from high school or whatever that's posting this mm. uh, hate coming from, from as a result of the Black Lives Matter mm. movement. Yeah. Um, and it's actually spurred on this, this campaign, which is exciting, which is called Stop Hate for Profit. So, obviously the biggest one for, for these theories and these conspiracy theories is Facebook. It's uh, it's the one that seems to be the mm. social media platform of choice for the haters. And it's, it's, the old it's, white people platform. Like, <laughs> that's where I they're all at. Because you can really easily create a network of people. Mm. You join Facebook groups of people that have a similar minds to you. You have friends that you add, and then their friends add you, and that sort of thing. So you can really believe on Facebook that the world agrees with you. If you yeah, if you get in your little bubble, like an echo. So chamber. this campaign is mainly aimed at Facebook, but also other platforms as well. And they're basically calling for large companies to withdraw their sponsorship and their advertising from Facebook until Facebook actually does something about mm. it. Yeah. So Zuckerberg, who I just think is evil incarnate, is finally for the first time, because they've always had this sort of, they've always erred on the side of like, oh, it's free speech. And yeah, that, that to yeah. me, you can only go so far with that, you know, until you're sure. you're also a platform that's giving us a, a voice to hate speech as well. So yeah. don't bullshit me with your free speech thing. And also, Americans are so obsessed with this free speech thing. I don't know. It, they're so obsessed. Every single video you see of a Karen with a phone, video recording, they're all just yeah, going yeah. on about their like rights and freedom of speech. Blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, but I you don't know why fucking, they're so stuck to that. It's like all they can fucking spout and like say. It's so infuriating. Yeah, if it means that your president can say the shit that he can say, then maybe it's time to get rid of the free speech. Anyway, 
So Zuckerberg's actually finally listening now because it's actually going to hurt his back pocket. So because mm. these big um, companies like Starbucks and Ford and Coca-Cola are going to pull out for a month of, of marketing. Yeah. Honda, I think, Sony, some other ones. They're going to stop yeah. marketing on Facebook for a whole month. Zuckerberg's actually now coming forward and saying, you know, we're going to put warnings on certain posts and that sort of thing. Yeah. But they're yeah, still not going to... all the adverts and stuff. Well, to a certain degree. And still, yeah. that's only... We've got to remember as well that there's different algorithms in different countries and different parts of the world. Um, So a lot of people in the Middle East and Africa or North Africa are saying, you know, can we get your algorithms here because it's actually worse off? And can we get these things that you're introducing in Western Facebook, can we get them here? Um, And a lot of LGBTI support groups and things like that in the Middle East are are using examples. Um, There's Mm -hmm. there's this viral Facebooker who has this campaign going on about uh, if you think it's your right to act on sodomy, then it's my right to throw Mm -hmm. you off a roof. So there's all this like awful campaigns going on that Facebook is allowing and is making money off. So these groups are saying, you know, can we get great some of that? Yeah. not advertising yeah, yeah. in Facebook, but yeah. can we have some of that as well? Yeah, it's nice to see really big brands like Starbucks, Ford, Coca Cola, Honda, and Sony like that are pulling the ads from Facebook because fuck Mark yeah. Zuckerberg and Facebook. Yeah. I'd say let Facebook burn. I don't even care. I don't use Facebook. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, do I just delete Facebook now because like these yeah. people just don't give a shit? And like it's really annoying also because like this isn't the first time this has been brought to Mark Zuckerberg's attention. Like it yeah. was like eight months ago, AOC was like grilling him about it in an interview and was just like well you're pretty much telling me that i can spread like false information about someone that i'm campaigning against and you're not going to do anything about it it's like oh no no no, that's not what i'm saying it's like no that's exactly what you're saying like you're saying that you're not going to do anything about the misinformation that's being spread and you're not going to do anything about the hate speech it's all about money and that's why they're yeah. reacting now because they're losing all and this it's interesting though i mean twitter i think who have flagged some of trump's tweets hidden from trump's tweets turned off re- re- replies and i think they even turned off um retweets um yes. i yeah. do feel like that was sort of them sort of putting their foot down a little bit about how much they're going to mm-hmm. let him get away with they have blocked and I like others, how he like other it obviously like struck a chord with him because he was like coming for them yeah. and saying like, threatening them yeah. and stuff and i was like because this is main platform yeah. it's so ridiculous that the president of the united states's main platform for communication with the public is via twitter so thank god they stepped in yeah which is a, and, like, which, by fucking... the way, it's a privately owned platform so they're allowed to create whatever rules that they want mm. for stuff to go on there and then we as a society can respond to that and if our response is the president of the united states is a fuckhead then they're allowed to go and put yeah. blocks on his tweets. Um, That's it. But it's interesting. Sorry, just to go back to something you were saying, Kyle, is like good on Starbucks and good on Coca-Cola. Mm. It feels so weird saying that because they <laughs> are cheap companies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not good company. They are profiting off some pretty evil stuff. But we. Do, but I think, you know, the way I, I sort of I always have a bit of a pragmatic view when it comes to these mm. sorts of situations. Uh-huh. And we do live in, in, in the world that we currently live in. And yes, there's a lot of us trying to change that. But at the moment, that's how we live. So if we do have to make change by campaigning to these big companies and getting mm-hmm. them to withdraw money, and that's how the world works, then great. Yeah, you're right. Like, good on them for, for listening. Yeah, to well, I guess, like, with, the, with those really big names and they have such influence and will influence smaller companies, so it'll make it the cool thing to do. So, I think a lot of these um, smaller LGBT groups in the Middle East that, that are mm-hmm. sort of yeah. raising these concerns have some really valid points as well that are being overlooked by Western society. I don't know if you've seen it, and don't go looking for it, please, because mm-hmm. it's the most horrific gut-churning sort of stuff, thing that yeah. you see. But there are these videos that are being used by extremists uh, 
that you know follow um, Muslim Sharia law that are calling for LGBT people to be murdered and mm. and uploading videos of people being thrown off buildings and people yeah. being stoned mm. in streets. They have marketing teams literally putting these together, uh, filming it, so putting it together, and uploading it, saying that this is what will happen if you don't mm. follow the rules and you you know pay you two point five percent income and to the church and that sort of thing. So mm. you know the fact that this this large American company is making money off off that sort of stuff yeah. that they're happy yeah. to take that money but then they're also happy to take my money for to promote granny bingo <sighs> it's really morally and ethically incredibly yeah. fucked i think do, do we really think it should be up to all these like really big companies and stuff to monitor themselves like this and to decide on their own that like oh we should take this down or, should, or do we think that it should be up to the actual people to like mm-hmm. vote for i this think it should be up to the government it. i yeah. think I mean, just watching what happened with with the nine towers in Melbourne being in lockdown over the last several days. Oh my god! Seeing the way yeah, the community yeah. was able to galvanise together so quickly and get yes. there because voices were being heard that wouldn't have been heard. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying you know social media is evil and that sort of thing as a no. general concept, but we haven't had time yet to develop rules about what is okay, what information is okay yeah. to be presenting to people as fact. And I think that that's that's where government needs to be stepping in. Um, mm. And, yeah. and I guess that, that effectively, to answer your question, means the people, because the people need to be lo- lobbying the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, like, obviously, it's up to those companies whether or not they have whatever information they want on their websites. But mm. it should be, like, government mandated that it has to be factual and it can't mm. be just mm. made up lies or hate speech towards people. Like, absolutely, if you want to, like, have both sides of an argument on your platform, go right ahead and do that. But, but it needs to be sure flagged it's, as... It's, yeah. Think, yeah, like yeah, yeah. what Twitter did with Trump when he said that um, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Like they, I think mm. they left it there because like it was a historical thing that you should see that this man is saying these fucked up. Yeah, things. what they did is like a pop up. It's the same as if you, you know, when you see like a graphic video on Facebook and it's yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, blurred yeah. because it's um as of a graphic nature and you can click it to unblur it. What they did with Trump's tweet, and I think it was the first time. Oh no, that yeah. was the first one. But I think he was the first person they ever did to about a year ago, yeah. um, with something else along the same lines was that they blurted out they turned off responses and replies and that sort of thing and said this tweet breaches our rules but has been mm-hmm. left up uh, as you know it's a political leader i think i think that's smart so it's not spreading or anything like wildfire and it's not it's like, coming with a all, like all these hate people but like you can still see it as like a historic like as mm. it's like the fucking red receipts whatever like you can see he did say this thing mm. on the internet but it's not good and it's I think people underestimate too how bad that quote was he was quoting uh, I think it was a mayor from 1964 uh, who was talking about how the police were going to go out and patrol black areas um, Mm -hmm. in America so he was really drawing on that patriotic racist following that he has which is why I'm so glad that that Twitter decided to take action on that one yeah Thanks, specifically but he has a whole lot more that he needs to you know oh you need to just step off a cliff please (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so like Twitter, they're doing their thing and they're doing okay, mm. but obviously Facebook still have a long way to go and there's still yeah, a lot that note. they can do. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, Facebook, get it together. Mm. Um, but yeah, hopefully the Stop Hate for Profit campaign does do something more effective in the long run for, I guess, everybody that's using Facebook and yeah. Mm. Yeah, all the mums posting like motivational quotes <laughs> on the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, fingers crossed wow. this makes a big difference for the future. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tom of Finland, are you guys familiar? I'm familiar with Tom of Collingwood. Where do you live? (laughs) (laughs) Tom of Carlton. Tom Tom of Carlton. Please do a Finnish accent. I don't know what a Finnish accent sounds like. It's that kind of sweet, that kind of like... This is so bad. This is like... My, this is where I'm from. I don't, well, I don't. Yeah, I you're blue eyed, blonde, white person. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I, look, I, for any of our listeners that have no idea what I'm talking about when I say Tom of Finland, I guarantee you would have seen uh, his work before. It's those often black and white drawings of uh, very uh, muscular, usually men, and um, quite often with a big bulge in their pants, mm-hmm. usually topless quite often in uniforms or cut-off denim. Um, I guess people probably associated a lot with the 80s because of the style, but yeah. you could almost argue that the artwork influenced the style of the 80s, of gay culture in the 80s, rather than the other way around. Sailors and things, the sailors. Yeah, like Lots leather daddies, like police hats and like, um, yeah. like leather chaps and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I never really knew the history of it. In fact, the first time I ever saw it, I think I've told you guys about how I, when I was like 17, I snuck off to the, um, what was called the Gay Bookshop on oh, Commercial yes. Road when we yeah. used to have a, a gay mecca in Melbourne. And I don't think it's there anymore, but it was it was just, a, you know, basically a pawn shop. But out the front, it had this little A-frame and on the A-frame was all these Tom of Finland characters. And I'd walked past oh. it a million times with my parents when we were like going out for lunch or shopping or whatever. But yeah, when I was like 17, I snuck out of home and like made up all these excuses to different people about where I was so no one would know <laughs> and caught the train in, into South Yarra and uh, went in there. Uh, so, yeah, that was like literally some of the first gay wow. iconogra- iconography. iconography. <laughs> Thank you. That I ever um, saw. Yeah. And then when, when I saw that it was the, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago would have been his 100th birthday, mm. um, I thought it might be interested interesting to have a look into it. So do you guys know anything about the history of it at all? Yeah, well, like, I knew him, he was from Finland. But, um, <laughs> no, but he, he was actually, like, so interesting and, like, his mm. whole inspirations behind mm. everything, reading up about him was very cool. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd, I'd always assumed that he was, I guess, in his 20s in the 80s. Yeah. Um, just because I've always associated his work with that time. So I was quite surprised. He was actually, obviously, born in 1920 in Finland. And, of course, that means grew up in Nazi Europe. Uh, yeah. And so some of his first sexual experiences were with German soldiers, um, which he sort of has hinted towards and a lot of people have have said has probably got a lot to do with his fetish for men in uniforms. Yeah. Because um, a lot of his imagery even included Nazi uniforms as well as other various uniforms. I think, Luke, you said um, sailors before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I remember reading that he, he drew people even in Nazi uniforms and he said it wasn't anything political, but it was just purely no. based on how they look because the uniforms were yeah. so hot. So I'm like, oh, okay. I don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it's true. But yeah, that you, you're right. You're right, Kyle. He he was very clear to say that he despised Nazi ideology, but his his artwork was all about male intimacy, and a lot of his mm. experiences when he was younger had been with. With, with men in Nazi uniforms, Nazis in Nazi uniforms. Oh, um, yeah, side note, can I just say, if you're after a man in a hot uniform, Google the Spanish army. You will thank me later. Oh, my God. Holy oh shit. My God, they are, they are beautiful. And their uniforms yeah. are so good. I wish he was around to do some drawings of that. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, thing but I yeah. found really... Oh, sorry. Sorry, you yeah, know. <laughs> I thought that was a pause. Take no, it, I talked a lot. Take it. Okay, Kyle. no, I say a thing I found really interesting was that mm-hmm. his depiction of um, all these gay men was so like beefy and muscular and strong, and yeah. it was because he was trying to flip gay people's image on its head because so many people knew gay guys as like really mm-hmm. weak and like thin and um, I don't know, just like Dandies. like a weak image. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like I like that he decided to be like fuck you and yeah, was rebellious yeah. and he drew these big, powerful, strong, muscular men. It was yeah. it was really cool. Obviously, a lot of the only depictions of gay men that a lot of people saw were through things like at that time were vaudeville and film, yeah. like you know, old films and cartoons and that sort of thing. And quite often, you'd have the camp villain in those fifties mm. films, or, or you know, going back to his early childhood, the vaudevillian plays, or yeah, the, the evil villains in the cartoons that would always be long and slender and very Disney evil villain. Uh, so yeah, it was a really interesting way to rebel against that, and and I guess. For him to say no, actually, my sexual experiences have been like this, and this is yeah. what I wanted to be. Um, suck it. <laughs> yeah, he also did a lot of leather stuff and a lot of biker stuff, which resonated with that culture. And coincidentally, that culture was taking off a lot after World War Two, and so a lot of other gay men that wanted to rebel against this depiction that had been uh, this sort of Oscar Wilde depiction that had been promoted of them joined this this bikey culture and this leather culture, which again sort of propelled his art, which propelled the culture, which propelled the art, a sort of self-propelling kind of thing, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say. A Um, self-propelling prophecy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, The other thing I thought found really interesting, and I did know about these magazines, but I didn't know he was in them. Have you heard of the Beefcake magazines? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so I I didn't really know a lot about them, but um, they were magazines. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I said cookbooks? The literal <laughs> Not cake. cookbooks, no. Um, I've actually got one. I'll show it to you. It's fast. I've got an Australian version. Yeah. So it was when they weren't allowed to print gay porn. So they printed these fitness magazines uh, under the um, guise of them being like <laughs> exercise. And we're talking the 50s and 60s here. Under the guise of them being um, health magazines or, or oh, muscle very health magazines and that sort of thing. But they were just mainly pictures of scantily clad men. You know, <laughs> Posing underwears and lots of muscles, and that's yeah, it's called men's health now. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, a lot of his stuff was getting well, his, a lot of the first stuff he started getting printed was in those magazines, and it was more about his instead of you know the, the images we're probably more familiar with of men grabbing their cocks and that sort of thing, it was more muscular men sort of doing stretches and and uh, mm. exercising, not necessarily being as, as overtly sexual. But then in the 70s, when they were allowed to start printing that stuff, um, he started creating a lot more graphic, erotic sort of comic books and, and even started exhibiting a lot of his stuff in mainstream exhibitions, which is, I think, pretty incredible. Do you find yeah. it a bit yeah. sad that it's now, like, so mainstream, this, like, such an underground, yeah, rebellious artwork? <laughs> and the first now time, it's just yeah, so commonly the first known time I saw Tom of Finland was, like, crocheted on, like, a pillow 
cover or something. You always see those oh, really? those ripoff ones on pillows. Like yeah, every, yeah, it's it's every girl who thinks she's really like she, that she just loves gays always. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh god, it really cheapens it. I've it? never been to a kick on at a girl's place that loves gays that hasn't had one of those. Uh, uh, yeah. no, I have I have like a really distinct memory of a Tom and Finland print when I first moved to Melbourne. It was the day before my birthday, so I was like, you know what, I'm going out on my birthday, even though I don't have any friends. <laughs> but I went out with like two people, and we went to the Peel for the first time. And the Peel has one behind the bar, like on the like uh, the behind the front one as you walk in. The, yeah, I, I'm going to assume it's not an original. Yeah, probably um, not. But, I mean, but I just have this like really distinct memory of just standing at the bar, looking at this picture, and being like, "Wow, they do it differently in Melbourne." Like, <laughs> it was really like campy and like cool, but I was like, "This is awesome!" And I was just like sitting there thinking, "I was like, God, I hope I did I the right. That. I hope I did the right move and make some friends." <laughs> <laughs> did you jack yeah. it? Yeah, I've got it now, my room. <laughs> Have you ever jerked off to a to a drawing before? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what was it a drawing? Did you draw it? No, no. Um, I really, really like um erotic, like fantasy sort of like hentai, like tentacle porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you would like your Fifty Shades of Grey, but like gay version stuff like that but like there are some like different comic strips and stuff that i found over like the last few years that have been actually really really hot and i'm just like no i love this sort of stuff this is great from time to time i love it too i love erotic yeah like a jacket so that's all the time i think the first time that i saw tom of finland like it was just before i came out i would go to the news agents and buy the dna magazines in secret oh dna Um, (laughs) and like they had like a little exit sort of thing in the middle of it which was great and like i remember seeing those and i was just like wow like like just these drawings of these men are really really hot and like the fact that it came from someone of a like an earlier time when these things weren't okay was just mind blowing to me. But no, like I think it's beautiful and amazing. Mm. And I love that one way that someone described it that because there is like a foundation in America where they sort of preserve all of the Tom of Finland stuff. And one of the guys there described the imagery as like strong and powerful, but like with really kind faces. It's <laughs> like, mm. I like that. That's Very really true. nice. I think it's also amazing that the, the journey that it went through from being, you know, illegal and had to be sort of printed covertly um, yeah. through to being exhibited in main, like a lot of major ex- art galleries around the world now own Tom of Finland pieces. Um, it's quite an incredible journey and over a period of time where a lot of changes happened for gay men. Um, and it's also meant that, you know, artists today, just thinking locally, people like um, Samuel Leighton Dorr, who who we've shared a lot of stuff from um, our Gays Revolting page, it means that people like that are able to express themselves freely in their visual art. Um, and I think that's a pretty incredible thing. Mm. Do you think he inspired the village people's aesthetic? For sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was like the same kind of, yeah, that was the yeah. same That that, that culture definitely... That the bikey culture post World War Two yeah. sort of grew throughout the sixties and seventies and and became quite big in the eighties would definitely have influenced the, the village people and I would say that like I was saying before it's sort of a bit of a him influencing the culture and the culture influencing him and until it got to that crescendo. Mm. Are you guys into like because of that? Do you think you guys are into like leather and stuff like that? Like, are you? attracted to leather play <laughs> or like do you have harnesses or anything like i've never worn a leather harness like anything like you that. did in the photo shoot you had a harness. yeah no it's not a leather harness. oh that's like a fucking asos like seat belt <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't a leather harness 
Yeah. I got the latex stuff. I like latex. I've, I've never really. The thing is, is a lot of those things nowadays feel like their own little clicks and scenes that I'm, yeah. I'm not yeah. really a part of, unfortunately. But nah. I, I have some of the, the gear. I don't know if it's because of seeing porn and, and, and erotic art as a young person that it influenced my mm. sexual uh, provocation. Mm. I definitely I definitely um, appreciate uh, guys in leather and guys in uniforms and that sort of stuff. Sure. And, I, and I own a, a harness and a couple of leather pieces and I've, I've been to some leather parties, but I would feel like I'm cheating if I was to call mm. myself a leather queen because I know those queens that are into leather yeah. spend a fortune and are, yeah, they're really into they it. are really yeah. experts in how to look after it. And uh, it's actually part of the culture is looking after your leather. Hobby, and yeah. it's not just about the kinky stuff, oh. it's also about the jacket and the chaps and all that sort of stuff as well. So I wouldn't, I, I would feel like I was cheating my way into it if I was to say that I was a leather queen. But I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's definitely a fun scene. It's a very interesting scene, a fascinating scene. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing I enjoy more than talking about some dirty pictures for a little bit. But um, yeah, that's that's our after show for tonight. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon. I'll be becoming one of our patrons. Thank you, everybody. Um, we will have after shows and live streams and merch available yeah. and it's just getting better for you guys really yes. you know? if the world ever gets back to upside down times we might even have live shows again you know oh my god so fingers and that's crossed because of See how you go. guys supporting us so thank you for tuning in <laughs> yeah thank you and um you boys want to say goodbye to the, the... <laughs> you... bye <laughs> bye Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.